You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. Alana, can you believe after this there's only two more episodes of season one? I really can't believe that, no. It feels truly unbelievable. I think also, I'm used to TV shows now when it gets close to being the finale to really, I don't know, be leading up to like uh, a plot line that has been like building and building. And it just like doesn't really feel like that's happening here. You know, we have two episodes after this one, but this still feels like very much a standalone episode as most of these episodes have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, they don't really always do that, uh, like, build-up thing. <laughs> Some seasons do, or, like, maybe the last two go together or something. Okay, so this is episode 22, in case, you know, people didn't know that uh, there's 24 in this uh, season. And this one's called Born Again. And I'm just gonna say a lot of my notes were about the fact that the cop that they're working with in this episode played Janice on Friends. I'm glad that's the first thing that you are bringing up because the first note that I took was, is this, oh, and I'm reading it back now and I realized the sentence that I wrote doesn't make sense, but I wrote... (laughs) Is this woman Janice from Friends? Oh, that does make sense. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds good. <laughs> I um, guess when I when I was about to read it, I was gonna read it with the wrong cadence. Like, mm. is this woman Janice from Friends? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, that is Janice from Friends, and. I don't think I've seen her in some other things, you know, but I don't think I've ever seen her in a drama. And it was like a very strange experience. But, you know, she did a good job. Yeah, I think that's why I was going to ask it to you as a question, because I know her as Janice and Janice is a much different role than this (laughs) cop that she's playing here. Uh, So congrats to her for being able to play, you know, different roles. Yeah, she was quite versatile. I'm wondering if this was, this I think was before Friends. Because this was the beginning of 94. And if my friend's, Friends trivia has held up, Friends started in 94. And therefore, this would have been before it even aired. So this probably got her the role of Janice. Wow. Someone saw her in this episode and said, okay, pretty good, but let's do something completely different and you're going to be even better at it and everyone's going to know you as that character for the rest of your life. You know, I was thinking about this while I was watching this episode, and this really isn't the podcast to talk about it on, but (laughs) what they do to the character of Janice and Friends is pretty fucked up. (laughs) We should start a podcast that's just about Janice from Friends. Um, Yeah, it is. No, you're 
I think you're completely spot on with that analysis. Well, I'm glad she gets treated with more dignity in X-Files. Yeah, she does. She really does. And she deserves it. She deserved it in Friends, too. Or, like, not... (laughs) What I mean is she deserves to be treated with dignity, and she wasn't. Um, (laughs) But, you know, that's not how sitcoms in the 90s work. Did I ever tell you about when I saw her in real life? No, and you are constantly telling me about celebrities you saw in real life much later and being like, hey, did I ever tell you? And (laughs) have never told me, no. I think sometimes I just forget. But, okay, so I used to work at a store and she came into the store with her daughter and she looked so fucking cool. Like, I didn't really recognize her at first. She was wearing, like very 70s glasses and had like long hair and was in like maybe like a kimono uh and I wasn't sure and then someone was like oh her daughter's an an influencer or something so they looked her up and they were like yeah it's totally her and me and my coworker were both trying to get one of us to go up to her and just go oh my god but nobody, nobody would do it. <laughs> it's probably good that you didn't, because I have a feeling she would have hated if you did yeah. that. Oh, I bet she would have, but it would have been, this would have been probably more fun of a story to tell if I had done that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, glad and she then looks- she cussed me out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she looked cool, though. I also thought her wardrobe in this episode was pretty cool. She wears a lot of vests. Yeah, she really, I think that she's great. Her name, I believe, is Maggie Wheeler. In this episode or in real life? No, in real life. Oh. Um, I feel like, you know, we should respect her more than calling her Janice from Friends. (laughs) Yeah, probably. We're doing to her what Friends did to her. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Janice from Friends. She was also in, yeah, it is Maggie Wheeler. She was in The Parent Trap, which I remember when I realized that, and it really, really blew me away. I just watched The Parent Trap this weekend. Did you? Yeah. Who was she in The Parent Trap? She's one of the, like, people that runs the camp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. remember that now. Yeah. Huh. What a coincidence. I would watch two things with her in a matter of days. She's a star. She's in everything. She's everywhere. Yeah. 90s star. Truly was. I I do hope that she got her start on the X-Files. I'm going to say that she did. Uh, Might not be true, though. The Parent Trap also came out around 93 or 94. So 94 was a big year for her. I think, Alana, that we've talked about this before, and The Parent Trap came out in, like, 98. <laughs> Did it? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it definitely came out in 98. <laughs> Did you just Google it? Yeah, I just confirmed. I think we even uh, talked about it when we were talking about the X-Files because we were saying that Lindsay Lohan should have played or could have played Eve. Huh. 
and I was like, I think she was too young. And you were like, no, it was the same year. <laughs> I was like, no, no, it wasn't. I really, I really thought, well, I don't remember having that conversation. And I really <laughs> thought over the weekend that when I watched The Parent Trap that I saw that it came out in 1994. But I guess not. I mean, you're only four years off. That's true. Um, I think my brain just wants to believe it came out in 1994, and that's just going to be my personal truth. That's okay. You know what? That's the story that you tell yourself, and that's that's beautiful. Despite all evan- evidence to <laughs> the contrary, this is my truth. <laughs> Next time I won't correct you. <laughs> Okay, I'll just great. let you Thank have you. it. Now that I know that this is your truth. Um, but there is another creepy girl in this episode that if uh, Lindsay Lohan would have <laughs> been the right age, she could have played. She could have. Maybe. I think that she had too sweet of a face as a child. I don't know that I would have been as scared of her as... Uh, or may not scared, but this girl was like pretty creepy at the start, and then you realized what was going on, and she was less creepy. But oh, I thought she was creepy the whole time. Really? I mean, yeah. she was, but it was because she was like you know, possessed is the wrong word, but like kind of possessed by you know the spirit of a man who was murdered. So I guess she was full of revenge for a little eight-year-old. She was. uh, She did a lot of creepy things to dolls. Um, Yeah. She just looked angry most of the time. Well, she was murdered pretty violently um, by her friends and colleagues. So you can see how... Might traumatize a girl. <laughs> I guess. I, I, I This episode was confusing, I think. Um, they really okay. played, again, into the possibility of telekinesis or a ghost, mm-hmm. as they have done previously. But I think it ends up being neither of those things, and we're led to believe that um, this girl, as you just said, is the reincarnated... Uh, version of a man who was killed nine years previously. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess this is maybe jumping ahead a little bit, but it doesn't really make sense to me because at the end, you know, after the conflict kind of comes to a head, it seems like the spirit kind of leaves her. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you're reincarnated, I think you're just always a reincarnated thing. I don't think what you are, I don't think you leave. I, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I guess I'm not sure how that works, but I think it was like, he, this man came back as her, but, like, he had a vendetta, right? Like, he had a mission, and it was very clear. And once that was kind of uh, accomplished or settled or, like, resolved, 
he was able to, because like when you're reincarnated, you're not like you, you still are the new person that you are. Like you're not just 100% your old self. Well, yeah, but it I wouldn't think work. it's like, I think it's like the idea that like whatever is the most essential part of you, let's say your soul gets reincarnated into a different container basically. And the mm-hmm. thing that's, at the center of you is still the same. It's the outside that is different. Um, And I guess like in past lives or in situations where people thought they were, they had a past life that sometimes like memories come up, but they don't have like, obviously like a full knowledge of their life before, but at, at their essence, they're still the same thing that they were before they were reincarnated does that make sense it does but i guess you know this guy's essence is still there but his main goal has been accomplished so now he just gets to be a little girl Hmm. also so this is this is really a story about healing it is it is it also is it is telekinesis. It's just, you know, like that little girl isn't becoming a man and killing these people. Like she's doing that shit with her mind. Okay. Yeah. That was another thing I was confused by because it's not just that this little girl is reincarnated. She also has special powers, but she also says that she sees a man doing these things. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She's fucking crazy. (laughs) I don't know. Like, maybe she can see it, but, like, it's, I don't think it's a ghost if it's born again, if it's reincarnation. Like, I think she's just aware of the presence of the man, and she can see it, but that doesn't mean... I feel like this is another situation that the X-Files seems to do a lot, which is that they, like, pull in aspects of multiple myths or multiple, like, creatures, like, of course, the uh, Bigfoot Jersey Devil or even Mm -hmm. the werewolf shapeshifter episode where they're pulling in, like, multiple things and not committing one way or the other. So it's, like, they wrote this episode with the idea of reincarnation and past lives, but they also pulled in elements of ghosts and telekinesis and didn't commit to one explanation. Well, maybe there isn't a clear cut uh, version of any of those things. Maybe they need to work uh, in tandem. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know anyone that's telekinetic. I don't know anyone that's definitely reincarnated. And as we know, I unfortunately don't know any ghosts. So maybe there's some crossover that needs to happen. I guess. I guess I just feel like the X-Files could have explained this if they wanted to. But they didn't. Like, they clearly didn't because the 
even the end of the episode in Mulder's <laughs> case file, he says unexplained. Yeah, I That's how wrote they that ended. down because I thought that was funny. First of all, I don't know if I'm wrong about this, but I feel like this is the first time that we have seen Mulder writing in a journal. Yes. This is the first time we get the Mulder voiceover doing uh, their case file notes. And it doesn't happen a ton, but it does happen. And when it does, I think it's a real treat. I really enjoyed it. And it's also, unlike Scully, he's not writing on a computer. He's not, you know, writing in a clear case file. He's literally writing in what looks like a diary, handwriting in a diary. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, these are his personal field notes. Um, maybe he doesn't have to turn them in. They just go into a file in their basement office that clearly nobody's really checking up on. You mean they go into a drawer by his bed and it's labeled his <laughs> diary? Well, we know Mulder doesn't really have a bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it goes on the table next to his couch. There we go. But yeah, at the end, he does literally write and say, status unexplained. And it's like, okay, fine. Thanks for telling me I'm never going to have an answer to this. Yeah, I mean, they didn't want you to, to question it any further. Like, it is unexplained. We can't talk about it anymore. Case closed. Status unexplained. We shouldn't even be talking about this episode. I just, I, it just, I, it doesn't feel like they committed to one answer. I think that that's pretty common and maybe they, I don't know why they don't other than for the mystery of it all. Okay, this is just like kind of a side note. It's really not about the plot of this episode at all, but there is a scene towards the beginning where Scully interviews this girl's mom. Okay, so there's this girl, Michelle. As we know, she's the reincarnate of this guy who died. And at the beginning, she's just sitting in an alley, and Janice from Friends comes and is like, are you lost? And she's like, yeah. And she takes her to the police station, leaves her with this cop to interview her, and then suddenly that guy's been thrown through the window. Only person in the room is an eight-year-old girl. And then Scully goes to talk to her mom, and I think that it is an excruciating scene to watch because they, the conversation is happening so slowly. And, like, I love Jillian Anderson, but sometimes as in in this scene, she's pausing, like, so long before she says her lines, and so is the other woman. Like, I think it was a, like, choice by the director, but I was like, just, like, let's get to it, you guys. <laughs> I don't know that I noticed them pausing a lot, but I, you saying that makes sense. I did feel like, in general, this episode was kind of slow, and even... yeah. Even Mulder and Scully's interactions were, I, like, I don't think this episode was, like, extremely boring, but their interactions and the conversations they were having were, 
I feel like the same conversations they've had a ton of times and there wasn't any new element to it. It was basically like Scully is saying this thing that's happening isn't happening. And Mulder's like, well, how can you say it's not happening when there's all this evidence? And Scully is like, well, it's not happening. And it's just like that conversation over and over again. Yeah. It's like the plot was, I thought the plot was interesting, but the actual like dialogue of the script was a little lazy. It was just kind of repetitive. And yeah, I fully agree with that. And Scully, it is happening. Sure, we ended with it being unexplained, but something weird was going on there, girl. Yeah, I mean, this cop that dies in the beginning of the episode, as you already said, he's alone in this room with this eight-year-old girl. He gets thrown out the window. Uh, They try to rule it a suicide, but it's clearly not a suicide. Like, he gets thrown out the window. And then Scully does an autopsy of him and his chest has been burned as if like there were like electromagnetic currents that burned him. And she sees that and she's still like, oh, we don't know what it is. It's so who knows? Yeah. And like in that scene, you can kind of see her. She's like pretty, she's pretty annoyed that like there are burns on his body because right before she goes through the autopsy, Mulder's like, make sure you look for burns and whatever, whatever. And she's like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, well, that's connected to telekinesis. And she sees it and she's like saying it into the little recorder for her autopsies. And she's like, so like pretty bitter that she's found it. But I'm like, but you can't then go and like deny that that means something. Yeah, it's clearly very odd, and there's no other explanation for it. And also, this little girl is saying that she's seeing a ghost. Like, she describes this guy who they later identify as a cop who died nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah, she says that she sees a man in the room, and they, you know, take her to the guy that creates faces out of nothing, But then this bitch with her mind, like, projects the face into the computer, and they're like, is the, I don't know what happened, but is that the guy? And of course it is. She's like, I'll do it for you, God. (laughs) I did think that computer sketch was pretty funny. It just feels like sometimes in this show, technology is clearly not at its peak yet and they're using it when they don't need to be like doing a hand drawn sketch would probably be way more accurate than this computer program police sketch. Yeah. I thought about that too. I was like, why are they doing it this way when I think it's just in general, more common for them to be doing police sketches by hand. But I guess it's because she uses her mind to like put the image there. And I don't think she could do that on paper, perhaps. Probably not. But it's also, I think, because when they're doing this police sketch and she says that the guy has a mustache, Mulder then tells Mm -hmm. the computer operator to give the face a funny mustache. And he does. Yeah. Mulder's like, you know what? Let's have a little fun. Yeah, he like literally whispers in the guy's ear, do a funny one. 
Yeah, it's very silly. Like, I, you know, guess he just wants Michelle to feel comfortable and, like, put her at ease a little bit, but it just seems like a very strange moment. But very sweet, you know? Mulder's got a dad in him somewhere. Yeah, he definitely has dad energy. I think also that maybe he made the reincarnated guy angry with the fake mustaches, and that's when the girl kind mm. of projects the image on, because the guy's like, that's not what my fucking mustache looks like. <laughs> yeah, how fucking dare you. Yeah, and then they look up that guy, and they're like, so that guy's dead. Of course. Of course, of course he's, he's dead. dead. Why would Why would he not be dead? The little girl is also, I guess, good at origami. And when Mulder and Scully are visiting her house, she throws the origami bird out the window down to them. And I thought it was really funny that Mulder picks it up and is like so impressed by it. And he's like, it's, it's a hawk or a falcon. <laughs> and it like, it just looks like an origami bird. Yeah, he, he's very impressed. He's, like, pretty in, into this case, but in, like, a weird way. Yeah. Yeah, and he just, I think he's just very easily impressed by this little girl. Yeah, he, well, he's, like, finally, we have a telekinetic amongst us. Who's good at origami. We must honor her. He also seems pretty uh, anti-medication in this episode. So the mom says that the girl has had behavioral mm -hmm. problems for a while and has been going to a psychotherapist twice a week for a long time. And so Mulder goes and talks to the therapist and is pretty combative with the therapist and also pretty angry when she says that they've been medicating this child, which... I would argue is maybe the correct thing to do when you have a child with severe behavioral problems who is seeing and hearing things that are seemingly mm -hmm. not there. Yeah, I would agree with you. And it made me think that perhaps Mulder was medicated as a child when his sister was abducted or whatever happened. And... I hadn't really considered that before, but I'm willing to bet that he was because he was probably 12 going, she was taken by aliens, she was taken by aliens, and that probably sounded like it wasn't real. Like perhaps yeah, he was really... seeing and hearing things that weren't there. <laughs> that's a really interesting theory. I hadn't thought about that, but... It probably is true. And if he wasn't directly medicated, I'm sure that people probably, you know, offered it as a solution to what he was trying to tell them. Yeah, because he's, like, annoyed about this medication with Michelle, but in a way where he's like, oh, that's not going to help. Like, they always try to shut us up. Yeah, like, he at, at one point literally is like, oh, yeah, you just, like, drugged her or whatever. Mm -hmm. To keep her quiet. Yeah. And it's like, and, okay, Mulder, and then, I, I understand <laughs> that you're angry, but maybe take it down a few notches. Take it down, yeah. No, but I, I really think that it must be, like, because then he wants 
her to do like regression hypnosis therapy, which is like what he did in order to like recall the abduction of his sister. And he's really projecting his own um, life's narrative onto her in a way. But he is he's and not he telekinetic. Gets, yeah, he gets angry when the therapist and the therapist is also pretty angry at him but when the therapist is kind of offended at the idea of past life regression or or regression hypnosis they just Mm -hmm. they just don't like each other him and this therapist no yeah yeah that meeting doesn't go very well except that he sees the creepy ass dolls that she does every time the therapist leaves her alone which is a great clue so that's pretty cool yeah those dolls are pretty creepy so she would tear off the arms of each doll or one of the arms of each doll Mm -hmm. and black out one of the eyes and all of them were naked which i don't know if that has anything to do with how the (laughs) guy actually dies i don't think it does yeah i think maybe she was giving her naked dolls which is interesting but i guess she got dolls. She wasn't going to go get clothes for them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, get this. That's what happened to the guy who was murdered that is incarnating her body. So look at that. Look at that. So what starts to happen is that more people start to die and we basically find out that Uh, It seems like this little girl is killing people who were involved in the murder of this guy. Uh, Mulder and Scully go to visit a cop who I think had been partners with the the cop that died. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's kind of weird with them. He also very strangely, I I don't know why he does this, but when they show up, he tells them that his wife is sleeping and then eventually she comes out uh and is like hey what's going on and he's like okay we're done here and then Mulder and Scully leave and Scully's like did you see her hands he said she was (laughs) sleeping but her hands had baking flour all over them and it's like okay like what it was just such a strange thing because I I get that he was I I guess maybe he didn't want them to talk to her but like she made baking seem like such a a bad thing for her to be doing or suspicious thing for her to be doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was suspicious that she was baking and not sleeping. But the guy was suspicious, not her. And that's definitely not how they paint it. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think they even, like, Skelly doesn't, they never, like, think that that woman's done anything, but, like, in that line, they they seem to imply it. Yeah. It was just a, a very strange thing. I was like, okay, she was baking, Scully. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down, Scully. Scully's like, I don't have time to bake, so how dare she? <laughs> After they visit this cop who's still alive, they then show us a where he goes to talk to another guy who I don't know what his job is now but he used to be a cop and he retired and basically like they reveal that they were 
uh, in on killing this cop together. Um, and there's yeah. like some kind of money involved or something. I guess I thought like when these two people were talking and one of them is named Tony, it just felt like they were maybe doing like Italian accents or supposed to be Italian. And yeah. at one point Tony is even, or one of them is like, Oh, what are you going to do your vacation in Costa Rica? Like they literally uh-huh. say <laughs> Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. The one guy, I think you're right. It is, Maybe it's not Tony, but the other... I don't know. There was a lot of guys. There was, like, a weird Italian mob thing going on, which I do think that... I don't know if it was meant to be a hint that, like, this was, like, a gang, maybe mob sort of situation that led to them killing their... um, This guy's partner and, like, you know, there's a whole lot of money involved because he's like, yeah, we have to go get the money from the box. And he's like, we've got to wait the 10 years. And then he dies, believe it or not. In a really awful way. He's getting off the bus and then his scarf gets caught uh, in the bus door and the bus uh, starts going really fast. And I guess he gets strangled to death. Yeah, I think he gets strangled to death by his scarf, and the driver obviously tries to stop when he sees him, and then, of course, he's no longer in control of the bus, and there you have it. Michelle's in the back of the bus, fucking things up. Another thing that I guess I don't understand about Michelle and this past life, or Michelle being possessed, is that... Like, how aware is she that she's doing these things? Because she has all all this trauma that is fucking up her life related to the death of this guy. But now he has also made her kill people. And now, like, even if he's, like, at peace or whatever, she has to live the rest of her life knowing that she (laughs) killed people. I think that she is maybe disassociating while it happens because she seems like very blank faced and it's like also I don't know like what does it feel like to know you've killed people if you know that it was just in your mind or like your mind was doing it and your body wasn't maybe there's some separation that occurs there Clearly, she's going to be in therapy for a long time, no matter what. But I do think she was probably disassociating. It's almost like, it's like, yeah, it is confusing with the reincarnation thing. Because, yeah, okay, he's reincarnated, born again in this girl's body. But, like, has he, is he doing this shit all the time? Sometimes she's okay, sometimes she's not. Like, are these episodes... Is it just been a constant eight years of her being this, like, tortured soul? Yeah, it's really unclear because she doesn't, and I guess she could be lying, but when she talks to the police or to Mulder and Scully, she doesn't really seem to understand what's happening. So I I don't really know what's going on in her mind when she's killing these people, like, if she's actively aware of it, if she's not, if she has memory of it. It just seems like they end the episode with her 
swimming happily in a pool, which signifies that she's like doing better because she used to be scared of water because this guy was also drowned. Uh, so mm-hmm. the episode kind of ends with like, oh, she's like better now. But is she? Because I think she's still probably got a lot of fucked up trauma. Yeah. I mean, she does, but she's she's released some of it, it seems, is maybe the implication. She's released what happened in the past life, but now there's all this new stuff that has happened in her life. Yeah. She's like, you know what, that's nothing compared to me being murdered. So (laughs) I think we need to talk about the regression therapy scene and um, the scene following it where Mulder is watching and rewatching the tape because those were uh, probably top scenes in this episode for me. Yeah, what did you like about them? So I really enjoyed hearing this small child say she was 24. I just, <laughs> I don't know why it really got me. But I also thought, geez, like that guy was like relatively young when he was murdered. Like, I don't, I just assumed he was older. I guess I pictured him the age of all these guys now, but it was nine years before. Um, so he was relatively young and all his friends killed him basically um because the it was like those couple of cops were willing to like take a deal from this gang to not bust them and this guy found out about it and he was going to turn them in and so they tried to get him to get in on it and then he was like no so obviously they killed him though they say they just meant to scare him um but seems like a pretty well i guess they drowned him so maybe that was an accident but it doesn't seem like it um and then they like mutilated his body later which they discovered (laughs) anyway i'm getting away from the scene i wanted to talk about i enjoyed just this girl like kind of going into the regression and everyone getting like so upset but Mulder's like pretty psyched like he's so excited because it's working and he's right and then he gets all pissed off. And then that's when he's, like, re-watching the tape because he's like, there's got to be something in here. And they do that thing that I love when they do where he, like, clearly is seeing something. But, like, you cannot tell what the fuck he thinks he sees because it's just, like, static on the VHS. And he's like, this is a thing. This is definitely a thing. And I'm like, I think that anytime Mulder is, like, looking for a clue, he will find one and probably, like, 10% of the time, will there be something there? Yeah, I was really confused about that image because I, I just, like, don't – I didn't understand how we see it because what we find out when they, like, clean up the image of all the static and stuff that it is a uh, scuba diver figurine from the aquarium that they drown this guy in, and that aquarium yeah. is in – the cop's house who is still alive but like I just and like at some point Mulder is like this is the last thing that he saw before he died and it's like how did you get that Mulder (laughs) I mean it's right but I don't understand how you got there yeah and like how is that figurine in this tape like how is there an image of it projected like was she just thinking about it 
because she was saying they were, you know, she was like, they're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. They're killing me. Like, was it in that moment of them, of them drowning this guy? And so the tape picked up what she was thinking about, which was like the inside of the tank, which it still doesn't make any sense that it would show up, but apparently it does. And it leads them to, I mean, I was going to say solving the case, but I guess the case is unexplained. So I don't know what they did. Yeah. Yeah. Status unexplained. Um, (laughs) And also when they like clean up the image and we're looking at it, I had no idea what it was. Eventually, I think Mulder says it's something from the aquarium. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But it did not look like the figurine at all. I thought that it was a man's body with an animal's head. Me too. Well, I don't know if I thought it was an animal's head, but I thought it was like a tiny body with a big fucked up head. Yeah. Like I was like, is it like a creature head? Like, are they wearing a mask? Like, what is going on? And none of that was true. Obviously, it was a figurine from a fish tank. So, don't know why I didn't see that. <laughs> well, and what we also learn here is that Tony, who is the cop who's still alive and was the mm-hmm. partner of the cop who was murdered, is married to. The oh. wife of the person he murdered. So it's so fucked up. <laughs> I his, did not like it. <laughs> yeah, his wife remarried her husband's partner. And so now this guy has his wife and has his fish tank. Yeah. And his fish and his origami collection, because of course this guy did origami. That was another clue right there for you. True. Yeah, that, I mean, I thought it was, like, fucked up. Like, just him marrying his partner's wife, I think, was kind of fucked up. And then the fact that he killed him, too. I was like, come on. Like, how does this guy sleep at night? Like, literally, I do not understand. Right. And it, it seems like we're led to believe this guy. I mean, he was definitely still involved, but, like, he... It, it was clearly the other guys that killed, that, like, physically killed the guy because this guy was like, oh, we were just supposed to scare him. Like, why did this happen? Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's still fucked up. Like, how do you lay next to the wife of your partner that you saw murdered and just be like, okay, yeah, now we're together? Yeah, and this is fine. And, like, how was he one day going to explain where his chunk of the money comes from like supposedly in a year they get to go and get their money from their safety deposit box from the gang that paid them off and he's just gonna like have i don't know i would assume it's like a quarter of a million dollars does he not tell his wife does he tell her he won the lottery like what's what's the game plan Yeah, he probably hasn't thought about that. He probably doesn't care what he tells her, if he tells her anything. I guess not. It's like, I don't know, maybe he was just going to leave with the money, but he also seemed to love her, so it was very confusing. Yeah, I don't think he was going to leave with the money, because, like, even at the end, he comes home to his wife when he knows that, like, somebody's trying to kill him, and he's like, we have to go, we have to go right now, and, like, he's going to bring his wife with him. 
Yeah. I don't know. Strange guy, that one. I got to say that I did not understand what was happening at the end. Like, the little girl shows up at this guy's house, and everybody's there. Of course, Mulder and Scully are there, and it's him and his wife. And the fish tank starts glowing and insane Mm. light and like I couldn't tell what was happening and it was just a very strange scene and then of course the fish tank explodes and the wife's like please don't hurt him and the little girl doesn't say anything at any point yeah because it's like it's not her in those moments like I don't think she's ever said anything when like he's fully operating inside of her. That's not an okay thing to say. Um, (laughs) Sorry. But, yeah, it's like she's in the house. She breaks in. She's, like, ready to kill him. She's, like, throwing shit at him with her mind and, like, takes his gun with her mind. And then when everyone else gets there... Yeah, I don't know why everything glows blue, but, like, everything seems to, like, even the people. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, like, him leaving her body. I don't know. It was, like, he wanted – he couldn't kill this guy. He wanted to destroy the fish tank, which seemed like an interesting way to go. I was also, like, um, someone saved the fish, and nobody did, but whatever. I guess this isn't about them or something. Yeah, they're just collateral damage. I but mean, also, those... like, do you think that this guy, as this little girl, knew that his wife was remarried to, like, one of his murderers? Like, he stops whenever she begs him to stop. But it's like, I would be pretty mad if I found that out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would be pretty mad, too. I guess he just still loves his wife so much that he's, like, willing to honor her request. Because, like, maybe he'd be mad that his wife married his ex-partner. But, like, clearly she doesn't know that he was part of his murdering. Um, but, yeah, I there's a lot of question marks in that, in that scene. This has nothing to do really with the plot of the episode. I don't know if you noticed this, but to me, it felt like Scully wore the same outfit most days of this episode. She has like two different outfits and the first outfit she wears for like, I would say three fourths of the episode. Um, honestly, I don't think I noticed, but that is very interesting. She was like, I don't have time to change. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't know. You're too busy. I did notice when she wore her glasses. Yes, that that was was great. That was a pretty sweet scene. I was too focused on the face to notice the outfit, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Did they explain to um, Michelle's mother what happened? <laughs> um, I mean, she was there at that, like, regression therapy thing. So 
I don't know. Maybe they tried to tell her, would she have believed them? I don't know. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Like, if she watched the regression therapy, like, do you think she, is she a believer or not? Well, she knows that her kid can go swimming now, so. That's really all she cared about, you know. That's all that matters. Wants her to be normal and happy and. I can't say for sure that she is, but she is learning how to swim. Yeah, she is learning how to swim. I did really laugh at, in Mulder's case notes, he's like, Michelle took her first swimming lesson today. I'm like, I don't... <laughs> is, that, is that really important? <laughs> Obviously it is to Mulder. He really... He... Really is in in dad mode in this episode. Yeah, it seems like he's gonna check in on them. Like he, he was there at the swimming lesson. Like I know. Like, does she have a swimming lesson immediately after everything happened? Yeah, they were like, let's make sure that this guy's really gone. <laughs> Throw her in the pool. They're also in the pool in someone's backyard. No. I think it's like it was, an above ground. I think it was her house because, like, the mom earlier in the episode takes them outside, and it's like we had to cover the pool because she would scream. And then I think it's like later they have uncovered the pool because she can be in it. Can you have swimming lessons in the pool in your backyard? I mean, if you get an <laughs> instructor to come. I didn't know that they did that. That's pretty cool. I've never heard of, you know, <laughs> home visit swim instructions, but yeah. it seems like this lady is rich, so. Sure, private lesson. She's like, listen, I don't know what happened. She may have killed some people. She may not have. So if you could just come here, that would be easier for us. Yeah. If you were a reincarnated person, mm. mm-hmm. what do you imagine your past self was? That's a good question, because I do, I guess I don't, I guess I think that I'm reincarnated, but I never thought of it in that way or, like, use that phrasing. Like, I just feel like my soul has existed before, but I don't really know, because it kind of feels like, I. so I get deja vu a lot, and that makes me think that, like, I've lived this life before. Which is interesting because I'm like, what went wrong that I need to do it again? I don't know um, that. I mean, maybe that's true, but I always think, you know, like that scientists have said that like time isn't linear. It's just the way yeah. that our minds experience things. But what really is happening is that everything's happening all the time at the same time. Um, and that's kind of what I think deja vu is. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it actually is, but what it feels like when it's happening is the, like, past life uh, version. But I don't know. If I was reincarnated, gee, I think that I maybe wasn't human. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah. Could have been an animal of sorts. Ideally, like an alien, but I don't really think that that's <laughs> true. But maybe. 
Maybe. It'd be an interesting version of my life. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, you guys, I'm actually an alien reincarnate, so act accordingly. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have an idea of what what you would have maybe been in a in a different version of life? Not really. Every time I've been to a psychic, which as we know has has been a couple of times, they mm-hmm. have told me that I have a very old soul. And one psychic was even like, yeah, your soul's like super old. It's just been like reincarnated over and over again. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, but I don't really know that I've ever like felt that I've lived a past life. I think just like based on my personality, I feel like maybe in the past I was, uh, you know, a village witch or somebody that uh, mm-hmm. like all the little kids decided was a witch just because, you know, I lived alone and wasn't married. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. I could see that for you. That's what I feel like. I was somebody who, you know, had just a little little log cabin in the woods <laughs> and everybody uh, spread rumors that I was a witch. Wow. And I mean, ideally, or maybe, hopefully, you were a witch of some sort, um, because you are into witchcraft a little bit, and I think that that could be a connection there. Sure. Maybe you were burned in Salem. <laughs> I. It's possible. I hope not, but it's possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you hope not, but, like, how cool would that be? It probably wouldn't have been cool to experience it. Well, no, but you're here now. True. (laughs) Yeah. I did go, I think I already talked about this on the podcast, that I went to Salem one year, Mm -hmm. and they have, like, a bunch of, you know, information about the witch trials and the people who were murdered during the witch trials. And I can't say I felt any kind of special connection to any of them, mm-hmm. but maybe I was a witch that wasn't burned. Yeah. You're like, these fuckers were stupid and get away with it. Like I did. <laughs> Status unexplained. They should just say that at the end of every episode. Yeah, it does seem like it would fit for a lot of them. (laughs) I wonder if it will fit for next week's episode. Roland. Tell us us about next week's episode. Oh, well, next week we're going to be talking about episode 23. It is the second to last episode of the season. It is called Roland, described by Hulu. As when top scientists die under mysterious circumstances, the agents suspect a mentally challenged janitor may somehow be the culprit. So that's gonna be ooh. I don't feel I don't feel great about this one. Maybe we won't talk about this one. No, I I would assume his name is Roland. So um, I hope that. things turn out okay (laughs) fingers crossed and I'd like to ask the aliens 
just once again, I just think, you know, just in case, guys, if you are out there, if you are listening, uh, if you're a fan, if you subscribe, please come get us. We're scared. Thank you.